You are now tuned into the Hip Hop Learners Podcast, a place for conversations on hip hop literature, both scholarly as well as general audiences. This week we have with us Alajan Coach. Alajan is a PhD candidate at McGill University. He's written many published papers. However, today we have him on to speak about his article called Views from the Six Gentrification, Conduization, and Drake's Effective Appeal in Toronto. The paper speaks on gentrification and conduization of Toronto and how Drake has given Toronto really a sense of identity where it's been previously allowed. I enjoyed the train of thought with this paper a lot and thought it was worthy of discussing. So with that being said, I hope you enjoyed the podcast and please welcome Alishan Coach. So I guess the the first thing that I kind of wanted to, to dive into is, is this essay kind of dives into two topics. So uh, the first one is kind of Toronto as this urban environment and the gentrification and conduism of the city. Um, and then the second is kind of Drake and how his music and his presence really kind of embody some of these characteristics. Um, I'm just kind of curious on a background side of things. What is your background with this type of research? And when did you know that you wanted to write a paper on on this subject um so it was sort of a weird um yeah it was kind of a weird journey i guess to get there um basically i was when i wrote that i was in anthropology actually and now i am doing my phd in communications at mcgill gotcha um but what sort of brought me to the topic was i i guess for several years, I sort of uh, sunk my teeth into affect theory. And I think that was sort of like the the, the gateway or something. Um, and I was sort of looking for a way of, I guess, how to theorize a vibe. Um, and sort of genre theory became a really interesting way of doing that for me because so much of, I guess, what constitutes, I mean, there were, there were two things I was looking at actually, like one of them was sort of genre theory and the other was sort of looking at the relationship between space, affect and, um, culture. But I guess music is my form of popular, uh, culture of choice. So, um, I guess at the time I was writing like, my dissertation that year was about um, the punk scene in Oklahoma city and sort of like the relationship between the American Bible belt and kind of like sonic expression as it came out of there. Um, so that was kind of the big question was sort of like how, like how do we make sense of sort of the semblances between Drake's sort of embodied performance and his music and the actual vibe of the city of Toronto, because there is this kind of sense of correlation between the two or between all of that. You're at McGill now. Did you grow up in Toronto? Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, I yeah. wanted to, to begin, I guess, by talking about the Toronto side of things specifically. So in the paper, you end up illustrating this history of Toronto as, I guess, attempting to compete with the rest of the world and going further and further into this direction that we end up seeing today. For those that are under, right. uh, kind of unaware of the city, and I guess for those that haven't read the paper, can you kind of break down this this lineage and this history and this kind of progression of Toronto? Yeah. Um, I sort of I tend to liken Toronto to like an insecure teenager, um, which is that it hates itself and sort of, tries to destroy everything that is beautiful about itself in the pursuit of sort of 
um, trying to come off like it's peers. So um, I guess what I was looking at was um, sort of a number of accounts uh, written by social geographers of sort of post-war boosterism in the city um, and sort of like the steady gentrification since the post-war period, basically tearing down a lot of the important historical buildings, um, replacing them with huge housing developments and condominiums. The condo boom really started kicking off in the 1980s and then um, kind of has gone through three waves, the main one of which we're experiencing now, which has been ongoing since I think the rough, the late 90s, roughly. And yeah, and there's this, Toronto has this kind of almost sense of like an inferiority complex where there almost seems to be nothing culturally distinct about the city. So it tries to reinvent itself by just aspiring to what other big cities are doing. And I think until Drake, there was always this thing. You would see it a lot in like local magazines, like, you know, Toronto Life or Now Magazine or something, which would be like, this is this big fad that's going on in New York or San Francisco or New Orleans or, you know, wherever else in the world. And like, we need to try to keep up to it or something and sort of defining itself in relation to these other cities. Yeah, one of the things that you end up kind of, it seems to me that you make the argument that Toronto over time ends up kind of coming coming to terms with a sense of identity for itself as a city. Um, and obviously, kind of a, a key part of the paper is the, the hip-hop sound that's kind of formulated and identified with Toronto in the last decade, obviously with Drake. Um, do you think that it was required for Toronto to have its own, I guess, sense of identity before it, fa- before I guess the hip hop community found and defined a sound for for the hip hop music that was being made out of the city to be kind of correlated with the city. So obviously, for example, places like New York, L.A., Texas, um, these are places that if I listen to a rap record, I can usually pretty quickly identify it with where it's from, right? You can There's a sound to New York rap, there's a sound to Bay Area rap, there's a sound to Texas rap, but for a very long time, there really hasn't been a sound to Toronto hip hop. Um, if you end up going back to the, uh, the 80s, you have Maestro Fresh West and Mishi Me, um, but they don't really have a kind of a, a sonic template that's distinctly their own. Mishimi and maybe a little bit more so with the Jamaican influence, but that's debatable. Um, into right. the 90s, you have this underground sound that seems to almost mimic New York, so like Citizen Kane, the grassroots, ghetto concept, etc. Um, but it's really been this kind of last decade or so with Drake that's really kind of defined this sound. Um, it seems almost coincidental that or maybe not coincidental, maybe there's a reason for it, um, that it it took kind of waiting until Toronto found a sense of identity in of itself outside of the hip-hop context before the hip-hop community could really grasp onto something unique about Toronto. Um, do you think that that's the case? I think it might be the opposite, actually. That How so? Sort of, or that the two kind of coincided, that sort of like at the moment that Toronto started becoming this kind of 
you know, global city or whatever, um, there just happened to be sort of like a, a, a rapper that sort of came along in the picture or almost that it needed it to become sort of the global city that it wanted. There's this weird, um, how do we even describe it? Like a kind of synergy between Drake and Toronto or something like um, on the one hand, Toronto needs Drake to sort of be like the fact that we have sort of like a main like a mainstream rapper from our city kind of makes us like a cooler city or something. And yet at the same time, yeah, like I don't think Toronto had a distinct sense of cultural identity before Drake. And I think it was only around the same time that it started discovering it, that Drake started coming up and that the city really drew on the coolness that we derived from sort of our new main cultural export um, to kind of define its identity. So you would say it was almost Drake that ended up giving the city a sense of identity. Yeah. Yeah, that's really interesting because there is this kind of evolution of Toronto you mentioned throughout, like there's three waves of this kind of condoism that happens. Um, there's this gentrification process that's taking place. Um, you mentioned it's the kind of... Um, I don't know, taking the place of Chicago as being like the, the third largest city in North America, I believe was the, the number. Um, this idea yeah. of it being like one of the, I think it was Young Street West or something being one of the kind of, uh, Queen West. Yeah. Uh, Queen West was the, the second most kind of high, high art, uh, kind of, uh, district in the world. Coolest neighborhood in the city, in the world. Yeah. So clearly there's this evolution process that's happening. I would say outside of, outside of Drake. And it's very clear that Toronto is attempting to try to, to create an identity for itself. Um, but maybe that, that identity doesn't end up getting kind of uh, recognized or materialized until kind of Drake ends up giving it some context and a voice. Definitely. Um, you end up referencing the work of, of Raymond Williams and his structure of feeling throughout the article. Um, do you think that Drake's version of Toronto, I guess, speaks to the, the greater population of those in the city or more so just, I guess, the, the hip hop base of the city and I guess specifically his fan base, Drake's fan base? Um, or do you think his message and his kind of persona is something that can be identified with the city kind of as a whole? That's, that was kind of the, the really, that was one of the tough questions for me. I mean, I think, I think, I think there is this really interesting relationship between sort of like how Toronto feels and how Drake is as an artist. Um, which is that on the one hand, I think that Drake really taps into sort of this collective consciousness or this kind of, you know, affective force within the city. Like there is something, the way people write about Drake records and sort of the way that feeling is embodied in his music is a thing that's really been very fascinating to me. Um, Like people talk about, you know, sort of the, you know, the light flashing off of the cars, like speeding along the highway or just like these very like sexy images of sort of like this, like glitzy cosmopolitan condo city or whatever. And that is sort of the image of Toronto that Drake conjures in his music. Um, But at the same time, it's kind of what 
I think makes people like makes Drake feel so distinctly Torontonian and so familiar. Um, so yeah, like the structure of feeling concept really was kind of one of my first tools also. Like there was a lot of things that I like, I've been meaning to rewrite that paper and to actually try to do something with it. But, um, like more recently, I've gotten really into like Gernot Behme's work on atmospheres, like aesthetic atmospheres and whatnot, um, and about sort of all of these other like structures of ambient meaning and whatnot. Um, but Raymond Williams definitely sort of the structure of feeling concepts really felt like it was uh, like it ca- captured something I was trying to describe at the time, which is kind of just a vibe that sort of runs between Drake's work and sort of the, some kind of feeling in the city. Yeah. I use Raymond Williams structure of feeling as well in my undergrad thesis. Um, my supervisor for my thesis was a kind of a labor historian and definitely kind of dove down that kind of Marxist kind of path. Um, and I was introduced to, to Raymond Williams and his dialogues through there. And I found it fascinating, this idea that, um, by examining art, you're able to, I guess, extract different ideas about what the society is feeling at that period of time that created that art. Um, right. and, I think it's a very useful tool when looking at how, um, I guess, I guess any kind of musical genre, but but hip hop specifically, or or maybe just hip hop as well, but um, how I guess that communicates with ideas of identity and um, I guess like inner city politics is, is is a really useful tool. Like I said, I used it myself, and it was really nice to be able to see that here as well. Totally, I like. A year after I wrote that, I also wrote a paper about like trap music in Atlanta and kind of like a history of the city, um, sort of from the perspective of its infrastructure and sort of all of these other histories, um, as well as kind of, you know, the sort of aesthetic atmosphere of the trap house and sort of how that makes its way into the music. And, yeah, I mean, like, I think a similar thing could be said for, like, you know, drill music in Chicago and then also sort of the Toronto sound, whatever that is, and Drake's music. Yeah, there's there's definitely an argument to be made, at least in the paper, that that Drake kind of acts as the ambassador of the city, right? He's given the key to the city. He's um, kind of represented as the, the most famous person coming from that city, at least currently, contemporarily. Um, I'm curious Absolutely. to know if the... Over the last couple of years, if that's changed at all. So over the last couple of years, he had that very public beef with Pusha T. There was personalized like information that was brought out <laughs> upon him. Um, and I guess the hip hop community, I think, has started to kind of have their their view shifted on Drake in many ways. Um, and at the very least, throughout that year, throughout 2018, when that beef was very kind of public and in the public eye, um, I'm not sure if you were in Toronto at that period of time, but. Do you see any sort of change in that, I guess, ambassador title um, and the, I guess, sponsorship of Drake within the city? Um, do you see attitudes being changed towards him since that event? So I had actually moved to Montreal uh, the year before that happened. So I was 
um, unfortunately, I didn't really get a get a taste of that. And I was, I had this weird love hate relationship with Drake, where I was almost kind of hoping for Drake to just get completely destroyed, like to get like meek milled um, by that incident. But it didn't really happen, which almost, I don't know, it was almost kind of a bummer in a way. Yeah, um, obviously he saw success since the event. Um, I think that's unquestionable. Like his numbers are still in, insane. Um, but I, I do think there was a sense of respect that was being lost within the hip hop community and people that were kind of following the story. Um, I know myself, who was kind of a bystander in the whole thing. I'm not a huge fan of Drake, I guess, uh, his music wise, but I respected the guy as a creator and um, I, I yeah, I, I had respect for him anyhow. Um, after that kind of incident, there was definitely some kind of cloudiness in terms of my opinions on, on Drake. It definitely got a little bit murky. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was one of the most devastating diss tracks I've ever heard in my life. It was, yeah. it was incredible. I um, would say it probably think... was, like, just in terms of the personal detail that was being revealed, right? Yeah, it was like a work of investigative journalism. Yeah, 100%. Like, I don't know if that's even ever been done before on that level. And I'm very curious to know if it ends up having any effect on the the ideas that you end up talking about, right? Um, I know you're not, you weren't in the city to kind of see the aftermath of that. Um, I went to Toronto, the last time I was in Toronto was 2019, um, December of 2019. So it was a little bit after the, the beef had kind of settled down at the very least. I still see people um, kind of on the very regular basis, the radio, whatnot, um, continuously referencing and praising Drake and OVO and The weekend and the people that he was associated with and close to. Um, so I still saw that there was a love within the city, but I hadn't been in Toronto for probably a decade um, before right. that. Um, so I'm not sure if if it was greater or, or less than or the same kind of prior to that. Um, but clearly there was still a love. There was a... Um, this idea that, hey, we have someone on our side that's that's kind of representing our city in a positive way and we're gonna we're gonna embrace that as a city. Yeah, I mean Drake's done a lot to put on for the city. Even if it's sort of at a superficial level. Sure. Um Yeah, I don't know. Even within the hip hop community, I think it's true. You you have a quote in the the paper from Organic, um, and Organic for those that are kind of listening that that are not aware, um, Organic is the kind of I'm not sure if he was the originator, like the founder of King of the Dot, but at the very least, he's definitely the kind of spokesperson and and head of that organization as of now. But it's basically Toronto's uh, kind of battle rap league, and more importantly, I think the probably the the most recognizable name in battle rap as of now um and drake has continuously made um appearances at king of the dot he's guest judged it he's just kind of always there right he's he's shown love to the hip-hop community and that's something that i always found kind of fascinating about drake because i I study canadian hip-hop and i study the community that that kind of created this this culture here and Drake, in many ways, kind of exists outside of that community. He didn't necessarily grow up uh, going to the ciphers and just being involved in the community on kind of a DIY or grassroots level. But 
And as you I'm mentioned, sure as he got an MC. Yeah, as he got famous, though, you you even mentioned in the paper that he ends up going down south and he kind of distances himself away from Toronto. But then once he ends up getting that solidified kind of name behind him, he starts returning to the city. And I do think he's he's making a lot of kind of impacts in the city in a pretty positive way. And I think even within that hip hop community, that kind of more um, that grassroots, that more I don't know if authentic is the right word, but um, kind of old school, traditional hip hop environment that's existing in Toronto. I think he's tried to to pay respects to that and tried to elevate that wherever he can. Um, so I, I see that in his personality, but it's not where he came from. I have a hard time reading Drake as anything more than like a really good actor and an opportunist. Like, I think Drake, Toronto's a city that's all about the hustle. And what makes Drake such a perfect Torontonian rapper in a sense is the fact that he's just been really good at that hustle. Like he's not a great rapper. He probably doesn't even write most of his songs. Um, Like we know that most of his stuff is ghostwritten at this point. Um, and I mean, he started his career as an actor on Degrassi, right? Like that's how he blew up. And that's kind of always how I've taken Drake. Like he's, you know, he's not like a gangster rapper, but he'll be on a track with like all of the big, you know, like he, he'll do the mixtape of future. He's not, um, you know, he has nothing to do with grime, but he'll like put on for Skepta. And then, you know, and everyone in England loved him as a result of that. He's not, you know, he's he's always just kind of playing off of different connections and kind of building different bridges. And I don't know, there's like, I find it hard to find Drake sincere. But for whatever reason, I still have some sense of admiration for him, I guess. So I think it's like the same with sort of emceeing like Drake is not like a, a great rapper or like an MC by any means. I don't think he could ever hold his own in like an event like that. But if he sees an opportunity, he'll go for it. This is kind of a moral question, but I guess just to end this uh, kind of dialogue, do you think he's a good ambassador for the city then? Kind of. Why? It's weird because because Toronto is a city without an identity and Drake is kind of a rapper without an identity in a way. Like I think Drake is kind of like a perfect fake rapper for a fake city. Almost. That sounds, that sounds like I'm putting down my city and Drake, but it's not, it's almost a compliment. I think what the way Toronto has come up in sort of, uh, I don't know, like sort of like on this global level is through sort of being kind of an anywhere city. Like this could be anywhere in the world, but it happens to be Toronto. And I think the same could be said about Drake. Like he's, he's been so good at performing these different things. Like he performs sort of the city's Caribbean diaspora, even though he's not part of it. He performs his Southern blackness even though he didn't grow up in the South, he performed, you know, like he puts on so many different things and he's good at it and people believe him. Yeah. The, you, 
there's a quote in the paper, and I don't have it here in front of me to recite perfectly, but um, it talks about this idea of Toronto being the most uh, multicultural city and how, as you're saying, it's almost that in of itself is is not enough for an identity. It's almost the polar opposite of an identity, right? Um, right. Just, to, just to say it's kind of a mixture of everything is not really enough in order to say that we have something unique of our own. Um, and that may be true. It may be what Toronto really is at the heart of it. And of course, there there is differences between Toronto and Paris and New York, etc. Um, but when you're trying to end up coming up with an identity having your identity being a mix is is not enough of a statement to to really feel a presence for, if that makes sense. And I think it was a really good point in the paper, and I, I see what you're alluding to here as well. Yeah. Um, I just kind of wanted to, to branch off and talk about some of the cur- current work that you're doing. Now, you mentioned at the very beginning a little bit of details regarding some of the past that you're kind of diving into, um, but where is your current research um, kind of... Uh, landing and is it is it at all related to kind of hip-hop studies uh it's not related to hip-hop studies i'm uh writing my dissertation well it i guess there there is a connection there is a strong connection but um i'm writing about um wokeness that's my dissertation research gotcha um and specifically sort of its movement out of the black lives matter context into this kind of aestheticized um i don't know new incarnation or or whatever how far along into the phd studies are you i finished my proposal so i'm abd fair enough i'm uh, i'm really excited to be able to read future work i know you have a few other papers that are published online as well and i strongly recommend anyone listening here to go out and seek them out um i've enjoyed your writing so far and i'm like i said i'm looking forward to any kind of future work that you end up putting together um i'll uh, i'll definitely be reading hey thanks a lot